Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumbly Dumb, the show about the reality docudrama that has centered on average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the veggie vision that is Royfield Brown, or with me out the close up cabbage that is Kerry Warbis. And <laughs> we are joined by that slice of lemon on a gin glass, who is Sunny Ormond. Hello, darling. You <laughs> are <laughs> oh, good. Um, and the last part of this week's Ambridge Blout and Prodigy show folks is you know this week's dumpty dum comes from fred the dog who's owned by liz cb now kerry people weren't listening last week were they no because no one has sent us in a new dumpty dum <laughs> and naff all from all of the forty thousand people that listen to this blooming mm. podcast you're rubbish every last one of you <laughs> that's a challenge <laughs> You know what, Sonny? We're going yeah. to be relying upon you in the next seven days to send us in a dum-de-dum. Could, could, could you manage that, do you reckon? Well, I think I probably could, love, yes. I think yeah. I probably could. <laughs> Smashing. So, folks, yeah. uh, you know what? Oh, my God, that's the worst thing I should have said because no one's going to send one in now because everybody wants one from you. <laughs> that, that one's backfired on me. If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with DUMB to 077 This Friday at 7pm, 
on August the 28th. Um, we are on Zoom for the Archers Flower and Produce Show Awards. This will be broadcasting live with Quentin Rayner and Rosie Porty. They'll be handing out the awards for these categories. Fruit and veg, flowers, animals, food and arts and crafts. So there's still time to submit your entries for this competition. Uh, this year's show will be judged by Carl Bovis. Oh, he, he's a photographer, don't you know? He takes pictures of wildlife, but he doesn't do like, you know, dodgy things with Photoshop. They're real pictures of real animals <laughs> in real locations. He's no Edmund. No. no. Oh, good. Um, uh, also, Sharon Goodyear. Um, now, she's a smashing and a wonderful human being. She does things, uh, she helps our fellow man. Like, she works for a charity, she's selfless. Oh, and she just can't, she does not love the archers. Lovely. Uh, Susie Riddell as well. That's a new addition to the uh, panel. Oh, oh, oh yes. I, I believe she's uh, also known by the name Tracy Horribin. Yes. <laughs> Um, we also have Royfield Brown, would you believe? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's he? Who's he? Who's he? <laughs> Some layabout, I don't know. And, uh, and the very delightful Sonny Ormond will be judging too. Indeed. Ta-da! Yeah, I'm really? looking forward to uh, what, What's your category? What are you judging? Well, I, d I don't know yet. I haven't been given my category yet. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. Gin. The gin yes. category. Anything, anything to do with alcohol is me. Or, or the rich man category. Indeed, indeed. Oh, yes. Mm. yes no, I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting with bated breath. It's all terribly exciting. Oh, isn't it just on this? Oh, gosh, couldn't there's, there's some more stuff in red. So, sorry, Kerry. Sorry. That's sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so, we'd like to say also thanks to our new social media supremos, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts. Shambridge for her voices and to Lucy B. Freeman. I just say, like, Mike Hatton is such a man of mystery to me because mm. I've asked him repeatedly, come out of the shadows, man. Tell us <laughs> why you count the appearance of all the characters on the archers. Mm. And um, he always re he doesn't even rebuff, he just like ignores me massively. But there <laughs> he is on the forums, posts his little messages, and every month he does his character count, sends them in, does all the graphics amazing but not interested in being on mic he is a dum-de-dum -dum silent oh he could maybe write into us he can but he won't you watch we're <laughs> nada from him oh that's a shame but sonny is there kind of somebody in in your life in your world who you admire from a distance but they never voice uh, their presence that but i'm just trying to include well, the conversation you well thank you thank you very much well i mean <laughs> you know if i if i look at the archers i mean we've got people like fat paul who i would just love to 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 be voiced in some way i admire him from a distance that's for sure. <laughs> brilliant no. we'll have we'll have more talk about you and fat paul uh, a <laughs> yeah, bit thank, later you. On. thank you very much on this week's episode <laughs> we hear news uh, so news views 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 from laura claire from clapham oh can i just say i went down to Welford on Saturday, met up with Claire from Clapham. We had a walk around the big reservoir uh, and then we encountered some rather big cows. And I don't mind admitting I'm a city boy. I didn't realise how big cows actually are. Oh, they can be. <laughs> 
you can get a lot of beef burgers out of a cow. They're yes, massive creatures. Massive. Yeah. Anyway, Kay from Clapham, thank you for the courgette cake and a wonderful weekend. Kathy, uh, B12 Simon, or from me, from your own hometown, with a spoon from the Upper East West Side, Christopher and Helen. And, God, what a bumper episode. I tell you what, Sonny and Kerry, people mm. got their money's worth on this episode. We haven't even started. Not only do we have the wonderful Sonny, aka mm-hmm. Lillian, mm-hmm. Auntie Kerry Warburton, but we have B Corner. We have proper B Corner action from Sue, uh, who keeps the hive. We've got Sound of the Bees, and she's going to tell us all about bees at the very end of the show. Oh, brilliant. So, you know, oof, I tell you what, it doesn't get much better than this. Who needs Netflix when you've got Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who needs the bee at Ambridge when you've got proper bees? This is for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you're good. I you know, good. I know. I, oh, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, before we go on to our hot pressing interview of the week, I'm going to press a button. Right then. We had a lot of fun with you about a month ago, didn't we, Sonny? Mm, yeah, on Zoom. It was lovely. Mm. It was lovely. Uh, you had you had that nice blouse on. Your mum <laughs> loved it. So did so did the <laughs> listeners. Uh, and then we we were kind of like we had a little gin in your in your honour, didn't we? Yeah, Everybody yeah. was there having a little bit of a tipple. Yeah. Though you tricked us. You were only drinking water. I was, sadly, yeah. But you should have seen me afterwards. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't water then. <laughs> Very obviously, you guys have gone back to the, ma- the mailbox mm. now. How has that been? What's the setup like? Well, I mean, it was quite extraordinary. As I, in fact, I went in to record last week for the first time since March um, because I've been recording in me in the bedroom, you know, remotely. Uh, it was extraordinary. I mean, it it was wonderful. First of all, to be back in studio—that's for sure. But the experience was very different. I mean, immediately that I walked through the doors into the BBC, you know, I had to have my temperature taken and so on. And there, there are arrows which are taking you on very specific routes up and down um, into the building and indeed you know to the archers area we weren't in the normal green room because I think they were concerned about the air conditioning there so we we're in a much more open space um, and uh, we couldn't touch a thing I mean if we were supposed to for instance eat or drink in the scenes we had to bring our own food with us um, various things like bottles were still being opened by our spot person uh, you know but 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 eating and drinking we had to do ourselves um and certainly once we got into studio as I say we couldn't touch a thing we each had our separate mics we were all two meters apart um the spot person who basically does all our, our our props she normally is with us on mic but she was way at the other side um of the studio with her own particular mic all the areas were cordoned off so you knew exactly where you couldn't couldn't be we had a director with us in the studio but at a a good distance away from us um uh because normally the the director is in the cubicle where everything's recorded but they're Mm. only allowed two people in the cubicle now so you've got the person who was recording it and then you've got the person on grams who was doing the sound so there were two there so the producer was with us but at a very good distance from us and he was on cans and and so on Mm. and so forth um and yeah i mean i did scenes there were just two of us. I mean, I think for the time being, basically, you know, it's going to be recorded a combination of both studio and remotely from home. And we'll still be in the situation. We are doing scenes, but mainly, you know, two handers and, 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 and solo pieces as well. 
just until the situation changes. It's, it's a very fluid situation that we're in, I think. But it was mm. certainly great to be back in studio. But it was a bit like the Marie Celeste, I have to say, um, you know, the mailbox, because, of course, only people are in there who really have to be in there because for safety, really, you know, keep everybody keeping a distance. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it it was it was just lovely to have you know your fellow actors, albeit you know a good way away from you. Normally, you'd be very close on mic, but at least they were there, and uh, that felt really good. That felt really good. Yeah, so some essence of normality, which must be great. That's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and so there were there were just two of you in my at, at one time. In, yeah, in my particular, and I think mm. I think there were other people recording. There could have been three, but but I think no more mm. because the problem is, um, it's the studio, Kerry. You know, you've got to yeah. maintain this distance between you, so you could only have a limited number uh, of mm. of people within the studio. Um, but it's great now that we've got the the duologues that are happening. You know, um, yep. um, which are going out now. I mean, that's 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 because it has been tough it's been yeah. I know we've all touched on all this before and I know it's been really tough for the listener as well because it's quite hard work you know listening mm. to monologues we have to put a lot more into it as the listener I think but mm. you know it was the only way it was the safest way initially that we could continue the archers it was either that or nothing and I know that Jeremy who's our editor was very aware that there are a lot of people who listen to the archers who may have been put into isolation and he felt that because of the COVID situation and he wanted to make sure there was a continuity of the mm. program for them uh, but it was it, you know there was no time to assess what we were doing 12 weeks worth I think I said this before but of, of stories were just abandoned you know so there was no time to experiment. We just had to get something on air. Yeah. So when when there were the two of you back in studio, did did you feel was it so very different from how you used to do things in the studio? Did it make you behave in a different way, or did you just manage to snap straight into? I, I think we managed just to, to snap straight yeah. into it, really, because I mean the thing about radio as well. You know, even though you're sharing a microphone normally mm-hmm. with somebody, um, you're still very much focused on on the microphone. So you kind of got split vision often as a radio actor. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got to keep focused on the microphone, but at the same time, you've got your fellow actor there. So um, it wasn't too different in that sense. Uh, it's just that you weren't quite as close. No, we, we just sort of, you know, um, and it was just great to be able to be on the floor with the director, you know, say, can we do this? Shall we try this? It was just it, it, the speed of the process. We were back to normal again with it. And yeah, um, so it felt very creative. You know, it was uh, it was great. It was interesting that you talked about the speed. And I think that's one of the things which many listeners didn't quite appreciate with the monologues, you know, mm. that, that that actually the whole process was uh, slower. So could you just maybe flesh out an example for us of how having a director physically there speeds up the whole process of uh, doing Yeah, because, I mean, for example, doing the the, the work remotely, as we have been, um, you know, there's myself as an actor in my little room, wherever I am, and then down the line, in a separate area, you've got our technician who's recording it, and then in a separate area, you've got your director. So you feel very 
to start with, very much at a distance. And also when you're recording, there is a delay. I mean, we do all our read-throughs on Zoom, which is great, but, you know, depending on people's Wi-Fi connections and all sorts of things like that, there is a bit of a delay going on. Um, And that's hard for the director because even though when we've been now doing scenes remotely, which has been great, and you're hearing your fellow actor, I don't know, in Teddington or wherever they are, Mm you know, it, it, it's great. but for the director, it's really hard because there's a delay mm-hmm. that they're hearing as well. Um, and it, it it's trying to find the rhythm of the piece for them is quite tricky when you've got that delay. Because always with scenes, you have arcs of scenes, you have rhythms, you have gear changes. But if you're not hearing it completely in sync, that can quite be quite hard for them. Mm-hmm. So having your director then in studio, literally sort of over your shoulder, it's a much more live experience, really, M- much mm-hmm. more live. Does that does that answer your question a bit? I didn't realise you did read-throughs via Zoom yeah. either. That, that's yeah. interesting. We're, doing, yeah. we're doing all our read-throughs now, um, you know, mm. irrespective of whether obviously we're in studio or remotely, we do them all on Zoom, which is, mm. we weren't doing that in the, you know, initially. I mean, we were literally thrown in at the deep end. There were no read-throughs. We've got the scripts, which mm-hmm. threw through our doors. And we were literally just, you know, on mic with the technician, with the director, just launching into it. Whereas as time went on, you know, it was found that we could do read-throughs because everything, you know, we're a bit more accustomed with Zoom. Everybody's using it now, but we have to remember mm-hmm. back then in March, it was also new. You were trying, you were scrabbling around, everybody was scrabbling around finding a way of getting things on air and, and so on and so forth. And the BBC yeah. did develop their own software eventually for it. It's quite a complex thing, um, the recording. I think, you know, people say, well, why can't you just do it on Zoom? Or why can't? But, you, you know, these programmes have got to go out four four times a week for the technician. Mm. It's a heck of a thing to edit it all up. Um, and, uh, you know, to have the quality that we've got that's going out and to put the overlays of sounds of goodness knows tractors and goodness knows what on. And, <laughs> and that's the other thing. Everybody's Wi-Fi is different, you know. So yeah. um, it, it, trying to record, why it was easy to record with one person was there was a myriad of things that could go wrong then, but at least you were in control of your wi-fi once you mm-hmm. start getting an, another person in well all sorts of things can start to go wrong and then the recording can take hours and so on yeah do you think in some ways it might prove to be useful in the medium to long term that some people may not have to go into studio at times? Well, who knows, Kerry? It could very mm. well be, you know, maybe some, for instance, of the older members of the cast, particularly, yeah. um, you know, who live a long way away. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, that could be a possibility. Uh, mm. I mean, I do know, you know, primarily everybody wants to get back into studio as fast as possible yeah. because, you know, you, you there's far more dimension once you can get into a studio. But yes, absolutely there is always a possibility mm. so you know after you kind of like got back into the mailbox and you kind of like bumped elbows with your mm. uh, <laughs> fellow actors yeah. was there any discussion of the reception of the monologues you know there, there was this weekend there was uh, an article in the times of which um the producer basically has, has apologised and stuff, and and and, based, and was that at all? And has that at all been demoralising uh, for for you know for the actors? I, well, not for me. I, I mean, I, know, I can only speak for myself. I mean, I'm very protective of the process that went on. I'm very protective of of our Archers team, and I know how hard 
everybody worked to get this um, uh, you know, up and running and on air. And as I say, there was no time to practice any of this, no time to say, well, is that working? Isn't that not working? Mm-hmm. You know, we were launched in, we were thrown in at the deep end and actually we were experimenting on air. That was, that was the, the, you know, the thing um, really that happened with it. Um, and, you know, this was an unprecedented situation. We'd never been in this sort of situation before. And I just admire very much the Archers team for just trying something. You know, as I say, 12 mm. weeks worth of script were just thrown out the window. And and to try and galvanise themselves, to try and rethink some of the storylines, because some just wouldn't work in this scenario. Um, mm. It was, it was a, it, you know, they worked so hard and they are still working so hard, the team. Because it's a big machine, the Archers. I think people don't quite realise, but, you know, in any one minute there are so many different storylines going on some are long term some are bigger some are shorter um there's a huge amount that goes into it so to have to just scrap it all um was really quite tricky and then of course they got to get all the equipment out to the various homes i mean you know it all arrived in huge boxes it all took a lot of time thinking time Mm -hmm. what equipment should we use what is the best way to do this what's the best software you know um it it, uh, i I, I, yeah, it's great. I don't know. I, I, to be honest, to be honest, I don't know what Jeremy said, but you know, I'm very proud of the team and um, the fact that we just kept it on air. You learn, mm. don't you, by everything that you do, quite frankly. But usually, yeah. you have the privacy of maybe a rehearsal room to do it. <laughs> we were literally in the in in the public arena with it, you know, mm. um, and uh, so yeah, it was challenging, and it was challenging for the writers because I think I'm sure they discovered that once they'd done some of these monologues, that certain scenarios were going to prove better in that kind of monologue form whereas others maybe mm-hmm. didn't work as well but you know we, we were just exposed we, we were there really um <laughs> learning on the job do you do you only ever know the script as far as what you have in your hand at that time Sunny? or do you you know have some clue without revealing anything yeah. obviously but do you do you have any clue of of your future uh, plot not lines not, or... not I mean I I think you know mm. if you're involved with a, like a huge storyline like it you know it was with Rob and Helen for instance which was a massive yeah. story um I mean I don't know I wasn't privy to that but I'm sure you know they must have been talked to about this huge storyline I think if, if you do get mm. a huge storyline I think yes you're probably taken into an office somewhere and and told what's going on but but generally um generally not you you get an idea mm-hmm. you get an idea um but the storylines can change and that can be be dependent upon the listeners views i mean listeners are taken into consideration a lot um and just where storylines can develop you know depending on other other factors so i think although the, the, they may have an idea of where a storyline is going to end up um that things can change um yeah. and uh, so no we don't and in some ways I kind of like that because it means that mm. I'm not going to accidentally say something that I shouldn't say at some point because we, you know, we record five weeks ahead. So sometimes, you know, you, you're you're a bit confused as to where you are in your own head as to where a story is mm. developing. Um, but it does keep you on your toes. That that's you know that's for sure. And I and I and I quite yeah. like that. Do you listen? Yes. Oh Sorry. gosh, I am you... a listener. I listen. <laughs> listen. I I am a great. You know, uh, I listen every Sunday. I'm an omnibus mm-hmm. person, actually, yeah. just because I like the the, the, the through line. Um, and I I listen both as a, as an Archers cast member, but also as a listener mm-hmm. outside of it. You know, because um, you you because there are so many of us, about eighty of us, you know, in the cast. Um, you yeah. don't always know what what's completely going on with somebody else's storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
Yes, so I, I love it. And I, I just love radio. I mean, I, I think it's a brilliant mm. medium because it's a bit like reading a novel, you know, you, you're handed your imagination, aren't you? You know, and you, you can create. And even though I know exactly what that studio in the mailbox looks like and if I'm in the ball or, or the dower house, when I actually mm-hmm. listen to the arches, my belief is suspended and I, I've got my own image of those characters and, mm. and those you know the the village and and, and those houses yeah. and, and home farm um it's very interesting what the brain does actually you can sort of compartment yeah. you know put it in compartments but um yeah. i think the radio makes you work hard i think as a listener anyway mm. and i love that it's a bit like reading a novel so each listener has their own version of the bull, obviously, yeah, <laughs> in their minds. It's, it's great, Absolutely, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. And the dower house and the green and the shop and, the, you know, and, and all that. And I, I think in the early days, um, very few people made, archers, actors made public appearances, I think really to kind of, you know, keep the magic of, 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 mm. of the village alive so that you didn't know what their faces were. And then, of course, people started to, um, uh, you know, do, I don't know, open fates and things like that. Um and I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, people have come up to me and said, oh, you're Lillian. Oh, I didn't think you looked like that. Or, 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 the, op- <laughs> or the opposite. Say, oh, you're just like I imagined Lillian to be, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> um, just, just very quickly, got three three questions or two more questions, because these, these are from the listeners. And that question about the criticism uh, that the media have had of the monologues was from Melly on the Flick app. Um, next question from Eggstones who I believe is in Bristol via Denmark. Um, he says, uh, what is your favourite gin? And then what is Lillian's favourite gin? Peter reminded us that Steve Coogan, uh, when he creates his characters in and around Alan Partridge, has this whole kind of like mood board down to things like what, what is their favourite tipple? And it might not even be mentioned, he said. But it's just so that the him as an actor or the other actors can completely immerse themselves into the character. So I put it to you, Sonny. Um, what is your favourite tipple? And then what would be Lillian's, do you reckon? What would be her favourite gin? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I, I have to say, I probably shouldn't say this. Um, gin isn't my favourite, actually. It's not my favourite. <laughs> uh, but, but I haven't said that. As I've got older and I'm very ancient now, uh, I, I have enjoyed the odd G&T. But, you know, I tell you, do you know, do you know, I tell you what I really love. I <laughs> It's a pint of beer. I mean, I'm. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm with, I'm with Eddie Grundy here. Um, no, I do love beer. I do love beer. But gin. Oh gosh. Well, I suppose. Well, well, Lillian. I mean, darling. Anything. Any gin at all. You know, she's happy to down. And as long as it's a full bottle, she doesn't mind at all. Um, yeah, she'd. I think. I. I wish we could do more Scruffs gin actually with Lillian. I think that would be quite fun. Mm. You know, a nice storyline with the old Scruffs gin would 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 be good fun. But no, she 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 likes anything. Love as long as it's gin and then last question from jen um what would be your dream storyline for lillian oh that's a that's a terrific question isn't it um i'm going, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit naughty here um i would say well you know may, maybe that you know for about 10 weeks it's just the the Lillian Bellamy show, you know, then nobody else appears in Ambridge, you know, it's just her. <laughs> no, no. Um, dream storyline. Listen, I've I've had some grand storylines. The, the the you know the archers have been really really good to me. Um, dream storyline. You know, I think I would I would love it actually if maybe um, Tiger sort of returned mm-hmm. and caused and caused a bit of havoc in Ambridge you know with Justin and her I just think that would be I mean I know he's been back once already but um mm. 
I, I would love that. I, I do miss that relationship, I have to say. I mean, I love working with Simon, please don't get me wrong. But there was something about Lillian and and um, Tiger and Matt that was um, was just really interesting. I think it's because they were always in a state of conflict, uh, the mm. pair of them. Mm. So as an actor, it's real fun to play, you know, uh, that. And they just work very well, I think, as characters. And vocally, I think they work really well too. You, so yeah, you know, anything to do with Matt would you, be lovely. You know, you know it would be utterly delicious and lovely. Right. So let's fast forward 30 mm. years. Mm. You're in the laurels, right? <laughs> You've got your blanket <laughs> over your knees. Yeah. And you hear, hello, pussycat. Wouldn't that, and then, <laughs> that would be wouldn't that be fantastic? They're just wheeling back. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, in fact, in fact, when Kim came back this last time, you know, you probably don't remember, but that was indeed his very first time. Hello, pussycat. Mm, yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, God, he's, he's here. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it's good fun. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes her characters just can really work or voices can really work. And I think mm. that's what happened with, with Kim and I. I think they just thought, because Kim hadn't been in the programme mm. that long when I came into it. And I, I think quite quickly they thought, oh, Oh, that's quite interesting. You know, um, it's kind of a, it's a vocal thing sometimes. Well, do you think if Matt hadn't cleared your bank account entirely, you might still be with him? <laughs> <laughs> it's always possible. <laughs> I think the thing is about Lillian. You know, she always goes for the unattainable, and of course, he is an unattainable. I always used to maintain. Mm. People used to say, you know, when she had the relationship with Paul, um, Matt's brother. Mm. Why, you know, why did she do that? And I always maintained that actually. Paul and Matt looked very, very alike each other. And that, oh. that Paul was, in a way, the good side of Matt. And Matt was the, the tricky one. So mm. Paul was a lovely, kind one that gave all the things that she wanted. Whereas as Matt was always the one that was really, you know, not, not attainable, which is why she had the affair with Paul. So that was my reasoning. <laughs> right, because I want to hear your take on some of these kind of listener comments which we've had uh, mm. for last week on the Archers. Right, so right now I'm going to press the button and you're going to hear your bet noir. <laughs> okay. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, upper low east west side, it's New York. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. It's time to invite Linda into my office for a session. She's certainly one of my favorite Ambridge residents, as most will agree. It's difficult but understandable to hear her struggling in the aftermath of the trauma of the accident and her serious injuries. But I would say that Linda also suffers from a bit of the deadly sin of pride, which has negatively impacted her recovery. As long as we've known Linda, along with her many fine qualities, she has thought that she's a bit better than her friends and acquaintances in the village. As a result, she's had difficulty accepting that she is, quote, less than she was before, that it will be a while before or ever that she will return to her previous functioning, that her rehab will continue to be long and hard, and that she needs to reach out to her family and friends and share her fears and her less-than self. I think Linda is probably the best candidate in Ambridge for therapy because she's so verbal and capable of great insights into character. I would enjoy having her as a patient. I'll let you in on a secret. There's some people you look forward to walking through the office door 
and some you don't. Hey, I'm now available for telepsychiatry, and we'll give her a DTDD Dumpty Dum discount. Talk to you soon. Well, that would be a good episode, wouldn't it? With a spoon <laughs> on the couch session with Linda. <laughs> Absolutely. Gosh. <laughs> I, I remember when we when we did our Zoom, you you made a point of saying that the scenes you do with Carol are, are some of your favourite. Mm. Uh, um, what is she actually like as a, a as a human being? First off, Let, let's just let's dispense of Linda for a little bit, and then come on to what do you think is uh, magic about uh, the pair of you together? Because I will hold my hand up and just quickly say, right, yeah. that Lumin's storyline with the beer Ambridge and her chain herself to the rails, I didn't like that and didn't believe that <laughs> one iota. But uh, we had many other brilliant <laughs> scenes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, Carol herself is just delightful. You know, she's a consummate actress. She's she's a wonderful radio actor. Um, and I have to say that when I first came into the Arches, my very first scene, well, as as Lillian, my very first scene was with her, um, and uh, with Trevor, who plays Eddie Grundy. And these were the two icons for me. You know, of the Arches, I was absolutely terrified. I was thinking, oh my god, I'm quaking. But she is a consummate radio actress. And now, actually. Um, I've sort of learned quite a lot from her, really, watching her in her relationship with the microphone. But she's just lovely. She's just a joy. She's great fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we have a, a really nice time together, really. I mean, it's almost we're a bit like an aged version of Cecily and Gwendolyn from The Importance of Being Earned, <laughs> I always think. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, it's it sort of sparking off each other is, is, is just great because a bit like the Matt and Lillian relationship, um, it's 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 based really on conflict between them, always mm. conflict. So it's it's all always much more fun to play. Um, but then there was that beautiful scene with you and her in the ho- at the hospital, abs- wasn't absolutely. there? Absolutely, and and that's yeah. what's been joyful about all this. Carry this whole mm. is the way the relationship has developed. The one great thing that we have as as soap actors, whether that's television or radio, is that you are with your character for years and years and years in a way that you aren't mm. in. Any, you know, theatre or whatever, six months or whatever, or film or whatever. So you really get to know your character well and so you're able to develop them and all the different, you know, levels that there are to that. Um, and, uh, yes, it was lovely having those scenes and their friendship, no doubt, through all of this has really deepened. And I, I'm mm. so interested to see where the writers will take it, uh, you know, in the future, um, because we, the relationship is on a different level now, most definitely. Yeah, mm. which often happens with adversity, doesn't it? You know, Absolutely. that's Absolutely. yeah, and yeah. and with Robert as well. You know, the the the, the closeness that yeah. sort of developed. It's it's lovely. It's great. Mm. And of course, you share a grandson, good old Mungo. We do indeed. We do indeed. And um, I mean, you know, two more different people to share a grandson, you couldn't believe. Um, well, you know, the comedy will all, all, all still be there. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I think, you know, there will be something else. There'll be another layer added now uh, mm. of, of friendship, uh, which which probably wasn't there before, of surety about each other in a way, even though they'll rub each other up the wrong way. Inevitably, they're, they're going to. But um, there is a bond there. Well, I'm going to come on to friendship after we've had a little go with Laura. Hello, I'm Laura and I'm a first time caller in So if truth be known, my tummy's feeling a little bit strange due to the whole calling in situation. But here we go. Um, so my archer's credentials. I am from the place formerly known as Joy Hallville Land, Newcastle. And I used to live right by Shieldfield, which is where she's from. Although I've never met anyone called Rochelle. I shall keep my ears open. 
I first started <laughs> listening to The Arches 20 years ago, which I believe makes me a jazzer, which I'm incredibly proud about. And the first storyline I remember was the divvying up of the inheritance of Brookfield. And I remember Elizabeth being pretty miffed by the whole thing. I am a former primary teacher and also did a bit of social work. But these days, I spend my time hanging out with my lovely three-year-old daughter. I also have a bit of an archer's claim to fame in that when I was at university, my flatmate told us that his friend from home was coming to stay for the night. And the friend from home turned out to be Will Sanderson Thwaite, who played the old, well, well, played Chris Carter, the old actor who played Chris Carter. Uh-huh. And it was absolutely incredible. I, I was over the moon. Um, and uh, it was very strange to have somebody staying with us who spoke in Chris Carter's voice. And I tried to be very low-key and pretend I wasn't at all a bit starstruck, but I don't think I managed. Um, So I'm really just calling in to say hello and a big thank you. I've been very much enjoying the monologues, apart from perhaps Adam's, um, sadly. I am a huge Emma fan of late. And if she loses her job, I am going to go into the streets with something very angry to say um, to any passers-by. I just think it would be absolutely awful, beyond awful, if she were to lose her job. So um, I have got my fingers crossed that actually we're just being led a merry dance and she's going to actually end up doing something incredibly uh, creative or innovative and be the saviour of the whole business. And it's definitely looking that way. Uh, I, I think I'm probably going to go now because I re-recorded this message so many times that if I do it again, I think my phone battery will probably go. So to all of you out there, stay safe and thanks very much. Oh, oh that Laura. was lovely. That was lovely. Was. No, I think I think yeah. that was really interesting actually because I think there are lots of hidden mm-hmm. depths to Emma. That's what I find so interesting mm-hmm. about her as a character. Yeah, so very, we shall see what we shall see, won't we? With there, mm. I think many of us are very um, holding out hope that she will not be sacked. <laughs> yes, I think so too. I think so. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And I think Laura's um, prediction has kind of come true, hasn't it? Because the end of last week, her idea with extending uh, the mm. room to the orchard, that seemed to be uh, the golden bullet uh, mm. to, to get round, uh, you know, the problem of how to keep that business afloat, or at least it's given them all a bit of hope anyway. Absolutely. So, yes. Absolutely. So, so, so Laura obviously got out her crystal ball and got it and rubbed it down good and proper. Mm. Either that or she's got inside track with <laughs> yes. actors all the time. <laughs> That's so right. So come on then, Sonny. Yeah. You know, Laura, she, if, you, if you got you on speed dial. <laughs> Sadly not, no. I no. I love that. I, I love that accent though. I mean it is just the most brilliant accent. And it's a, it's quite a tricky accent to, to, to do actually. But I I love it. I loved it. So thank you, Laura. Gosh, that was that was lovely. Yeah. And I you know, I know that feeling, Laura, um, of 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 re-recording things endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. And in fact, I was only doing it the other day. I had to record something for a friend's birthday. And I don't know how many times I did it. It's you know, you, you never you never think you're good enough. You never think it's right. You think, oh gosh, I've missed that. You know. It was great though. I love that. It's great. <laughs> well, you, yes, actually, that's one thing I was going to ask you before. When you talked about the fact that you actually do listen to the monologue, not sorry, to the monologues, when you do say that you listen to the omnibus editions. Yeah. Hmm. How critical are you with your performance? Oh, terribly. Oh, I mean, terribly. Boy. I, you know, no, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm going, 
oh, why did you do that? Oh, for goodness sake, why did you do that? <laughs> why, you, why didn't you? You know, yeah, I really am quite critical. It's it's very rare that I sort of sit there smugly going, hmm, it's quite, quite good, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really is. But, you know, I think if, you, if you're not critical of your performance, then you might as well give up because I think, you know, that's how you grow. That's how you change. That's how you become mm. a better actor and, and uh, you know, in all the mediums, actually. But, no, I'm very critical, very critical. Tell you somebody who isn't critical of the archers, they're a big, massive fan, is uh, Kathy B. Hello, this is Kathy B, first-time caller in I'm in West London. Uh, hi to everybody. I just wanted to pick up on the things you were talking about, about Emma last week. I think you missed the trick because you didn't look at the different generations. So we compare Emma to her mum and how she manages her marriage and how she manages, manages her children and how she manages her career and how she dots around in the countryside with all her ambitions. So they, they face things very differently because of the different generations they're from. I was surprised you didn't discuss that. I also wanted to say that um, I'm a fairly recent convert, uh, probably about five years pre-Helen and Rob blow up. Um, but I used to have my mum listening to it in the 70s. Didn't really understand why she bothered. Uh, when I talked to her recently about whether she listens to it anymore, she says no. She used to listen to it because she grew up in the countryside and missed it coming to live in London. Now it's not about countryside issues, it's about soap opera which I totally disagree with um, but interestingly I think the Grundies in the past were rather comic yokel characters and they're much more they have much more depth and there's much more interest in their social situation so for me modern archers is the right thing by the way if you want a good dum to dum I'm sure Billy Connolly did one he talked a lot about how it should be our national anthem mm -hmm. going back a bit <laughs> have fun have a good week. Bye. <laughs> oh, Kathy! B. I thought Kathy B was going to offer to do a Dumpty Dum. Yes, I was waiting. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's right about uh, the. We didn't talk about the different generations, did we, Royfield? But I, I'm I'm not surprised we didn't because we talk about nonsense most of the time, don't we? <laughs> rather than being. <laughs> and um, did you see the way I, I rather cleverly said that she wasn't critical of the archers, but she was critical of us. For not, for not, <laughs> yeah. for not job. So, quite rightly, quite rightly. <laughs> and another person from the old stomping ground, West London. So, welcome on board, uh, you uh, new kind of newish dumby dummer, uh, Kathy B. Mm -hmm. All right, now it's uh, oh, it, it, it's me old pal, it's Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum, Claire from Clapham here. I thought I would just reflect, but as we're coming presumably towards the end of the monologues now. Um, with the potential for some normal type episodes in the future. I think there are some things that the monologues have done quite well. And this week I was given to think two or three things of that. First of all, Alice's internal self-delusion about her uh, alcoholism is quite well served through the monologues um, and does feel pretty realistic. Um, Secondly, the stuff with Linda and Robert this week, although not the most comfortable listening at times, I think that um, it was interesting to see how they were both interpreting the same situation differently. And I think that would have been, I mean, you could have done it through conversations with other, other characters, but not for this kind of thing, because they wouldn't have 
gone away and talked about those sort of intimate issues with other people. So that was quite good. And then finally, kind of Emma's, well, in fact, Emma's and Natasha's sort of self-awareness this week. We're always complaining as listeners when someone does something that we, we think is out of character. We go, oh, they would never do that. <laughs> but actually, Emma showed a certain amount of emotional maturity this week and we were sort mm. of talked through the process. And I think that um, that helps us to understand where that's come from when if she'd just been more reasonable without normally reacting like Emma we would expect to, we would have all complained. So I think that was quite effective as well. So the monologues have their uses in some ways. Um, that was my thing that I wanted to say. Okay, keep up the good work. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> I think she's very right. Do you, would you say so? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think they work. Yeah, they work better in some scenarios than others, don't they? I mm. think there's no doubt about that. And um, but again, this is all part of our learning curve or the production mm. team's learning term curve, rather, as 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 we have gone on with it. But I think in some ways it has been quite interesting, hasn't it? Listening to the inner voices yeah. with some characters and their takes on situations. Yeah, the Linda and Robert thing, especially, I thought, you know, they they were both worrying about the same thing in such very different ways. Mm-hmm. And she's right, that wouldn't perhaps quite have, have come out in the same way had they been able to have... Mm-hmm more of a dialogue that's right. yeah yeah in, in certain scenarios or certain storylines that are going on mm. they actually work very well don't they mm. yeah yeah you, you 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 claire is completely right because in the traditional arches either character would have had to have confided in another character wouldn't they so you could imagine mm. robert maybe speaking to jim or maybe speaking to to Neil and Neil getting a bit, oh, 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 you know, this is a, oh, God, I don't know about this, you know, Robert, like not being able to <laughs> to answer, which would have been great in and of itself, mm. but you wouldn't have had pure distilled Robert and his mm. thoughts because mm. you'd have had the interaction with, with another character and ditto with, with mm. Lillian. So I, mm. I actually do agree massively with Claire here that this is mm. an area where the monologues have actually served the, the storylines uh, quite well. Yeah. And, and another thing is that the arc that Emma went on last week is almost a microcosm of her becoming an adult within uh, mm-hmm. the village, wasn't it? Because it's her trying to uh, dampen down maybe her initial kind of like instincts and what she would do, you know, kind of go at it with, with Fallon uh, be much more calm, measured, uh, taking the counsel of her partner, taking that on board, being more measured, being restrained, and then her uh, trying to be a leading light within the village, but in the context of the Frown Project yeah. show. So in lots of ways, you know, it kind of distills her, uh, mm. you know, being being an, an adult uh, Grundy for slash Carter, really. That's right. It's yeah. The maturation of the character suddenly, isn't it? Yes. That's the important. word I was looking for. Thank you, Rightfield. But we 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 would never have heard her talking herself down from those heated text messages and things, would we? Mm. If, if if it wasn't a monologue, it was that, great. That, yeah. That's right, and I think it, it, interesting as well because everything that. Uh, you know, she and um, Ed have been through this traumatic experience they've been through and coming back together again. Uh, inevitably, those huge things in, in anyone's life will move you on, will deepen you as a human being, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So it's quite it's quite interesting, the juxtaposition of all that in relationship to that backdrop of when they split up and now being back together. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, Sonny, in future, can you just be my editor? So I'll like witter on for, like, for maybe like 30 seconds. And you just say, the word you're searching for, Royfield, is this. Right. No, 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 no. No, but the thing is, Royfield, I've got time. I can sit back and absorb. I can listen to you. I've got time for the brain to filter through. Um, no, it's lovely. It's lovely what you were saying. It's just that word came to mind. I thought, hmm, she's kind of maturing. <laughs> well, yeah. okay. Uh, uh, Bit like a brandy, Madura. <laughs> <laughs> right. From Claire from Clapham in Bedford, not uh, the Clapham in South London, we go to Balsall Heath, Speed 12. It's Simon in Birmingham. Hello, Royfield and the Dumpty Dum gang. This is B12 Simon calling from Balsall Heath in the heart of the Midlands. I've just listened to Tuesday's episode and with Linda trying to rekindle her love life with Robert. And I think it's an important part of recovery that the writers and the actors handled brilliantly. What a great episode, probably one of the better ones of the uh, monologue era. And also just getting Emma in on the act, getting her all riled up with some lovely touch as well. So yeah, well done writers, well done actors, really one of the best episodes in a while. That's my 2P anyway. Thanks so much for continuing to provide my favourite uh, Archer's podcast. All the best. Bye-bye now. Oh, that's lovely. That's really lovely mm. to hear that, actually, uh, how the positivity of that. It's brilliant. Yeah, very efficiently put as well. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Vito, Simon, uh, we thank you uh, for that. And Crumbs, we're going all around the country. So we've had a bit of the West Midlands. We've had a bit of Bedfordshire. Now we're up in South Yorkshire. It's Rotherham and Helen. Hello, everybody. It's Helen from Rotherham here. I just wanted to ring in just to say how much I've really enjoyed the monologues this week. I think whoever the writer was for this week um, has really used the monologues in the best way. Um, and they've used them excellently, not just to... Um, portray or to uh, say what's going on in the world of Ambridge um, but actually to give us a real insight into not only what the actors uh, or the characters sorry they're not actors they're real people um, are thinking <laughs> um, but also uh, how our minds work as humans and I'm thinking specifically about the story um, with Linda um, you know on Tuesday's episode we saw her conversation with Emma and then we saw Linda saying oh she was just saying those nice things to be polite mm. um, oh I just look ridiculous in this and all the rest mm. of it and yet then we click to Emma and she's absolutely admiring Linda um, we go back and we see Linda saying oh Robert's probably looking at my scars and what are these ridiculous earrings I'm wearing and we click to Robert and he's just adoring her um, mm. and so actually it made me think yeah Probably most of the time, people are thinking about me or about anybody more positively than we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a really good thing to remember. Um, we beat ourselves up and we shouldn't. Um, but most people are thinking a lot better of us. Um, but then secondly, in um, Wednesday's episode with Linda and Robert, we saw that they were both having very similar thoughts. Oh, my goodness, our marriage is, you know, on the rocks and everything. And yet they kept it to themselves. If they'd have just been open and honest with each of them it might have really helped so we don't know what other people are thinking it's usually better than we uh, than we give them credit for or that we imagine um, but also we need to be really open with with how we're feeling with other people because they can't read our minds even though we can read the minds of people in Umbridge at the minute all right have a lovely week i hope that all made sense bye
<laughs> that was great, wasn't it? Yes, very profound, very profound. It no, but it's indeed. yeah, no, it was great though. She's she's right. Uh, you know, I I, mm. I think particularly, I'm so pleased that this storyline seems to be grabbing people actually because I think it's a really lovely one, and 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 particularly because it's you know this is an older couple as well. Um, mm. You know, it it applies through all generations, not like younger people either. You know, and and the the, the trauma that this sort of thing can have um, um, on people's identity, really, and physical identity and emotional identity. Mm. Yeah, because Linda's actually fearful that this may break them up, isn't she? She's she's mentioned this, you know, perish the thought. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I had the most, oh, God, he's going to make me cry. (laughs) Uh, But basically, he's kind of my childhood sweetheart. I used to did not didn't I used to fancy her when I was fifteen, and we're in we're in the same class together. And I think we held hands about three times and had one kiss, and it lasted for all of two weeks. And <laughs> twenty five years later, we had a school reunion, and it was just amazing how you just regress to being a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my like mid forties, and then all of a sudden I was a teenager again. And we started talking and she said, I shouldn't be here. And I went, what? You know, you weren't going to come tonight. She said, no, I had like stage three cancer and I'm a nurse and I knew it was curtains. But we went through the most aggressive um, treatment and and I survived. My marriage didn't, but I survived. And she asked me afterwards if I would look at her scars. And (laughs) even now it makes me like well up. And she was crying and she said, I'm the first person to see her scars. And she says, am oh. I still a person? You know? Oh, oh God. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. I gave her awesome. such a hug. Yeah. And and it was just like the teenage us crying. And that storyline with Linda, mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. I'm going to start crying again. Yeah. <laughs> Linda yeah. took, saying that mm-hmm. to Robert mm-hmm. just so reminded me of, of, of my that. little Debbie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, the that it, it is so traumatic, and I think, I mean, I've had friends, you know, who've had breast cancer and stuff like this, and you know, it's it is that thing. They just don't feel, you know, that they are human, really. That yeah. they've been disfigured, and that nobody will find them. Not even mm-hmm. sexually attractive, but just attractive. That they've been yeah. damaged yeah. in some way, and and it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, a huge part of your identity yeah, goes absolutely. and you don't feel you are yourself. No, mm. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It, it, it's a, utterly a wonderful storyline. and it in is. Typical, Yeah, in typical Archer's fashion, it's been dealt with very sensitively and, 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 and with such humanity, you know. Yeah. And, and then there's Robert who just wants her to be stronger and, and it's not quite right because she's still healing. Yeah. And, and, and actually part of her healing is for her to touch it in a sexual way you know indeed mm. and and that thing i think you know which, which again is touched on with this particular storyline but when you're in a relationship like that you know how how much do you treat your partner with kid gloves when does it start to become more equal again because you don't want to hurt them emotionally physically mm-hmm. you know in that they're kind of missing possibly missing each other but it's it's done with love you know um yeah it can be, you know you need, possibly need to be braver i, I don't know it, it is fascinating it's it and it's mm-hmm. and this is where the monologues i think have worked well uh because you are getting those inner thoughts aren't you mm. yeah oof Right, well, there's me wiping away it's here. <laughs> right, uh, and let's end up with Christopher. Hello, everybody. Um, 
goodness, it's a long time since I have um, called in um, because I haven't been listening. Um, and I caught up on months of of archers during a long um, hill walk at the weekend there. And um, I like it. I do. <laughs> I, I, I know that, that isn't shared by many people. Um, I live a fairly solitary kind of life um and other than my seven-year-old son i don't have many conversations of note um so this internal monologue business kind of rings true to me um it's how i communicate certainly to myself and and how i kind of order things in my, my brain so um it kind of felt authentic somehow to me um I was delighted to be proven utterly correct about joy. Um, and I'm not at all resentful at all the Johnny-come-lately joy fans who have suddenly appeared. Um, you are all very welcome. Um, as far as lockdown goes, I've been kind of amused by the notion that Ambridge has gone from being the only part of Britain not observing COVID restrictions and social distancing to being the only part of Britain who is. <laughs> currently uh, observing um, I do feel though that the scriptwriters have missed a trick in the lack of curtain twitching that's been going on in Ambridge um, during lockdown which, it, which kind of became a, a, a sort of national sport in the rest of the UK you know tutting at neighbours who've been spotted going to Morrison's more than once a week I feel like Susan <laughs> and possibly Helen would have been brilliant at, uh, you know, getting on to people for having walking their dog too much. Um, so I think they missed a trick there. But listen, guys, thank you for um, keeping us all going. Oh, that's great. That's lovely. What yeah. a beautiful accent. I love that voice. I couldn't hear yes. day. That was lovely. He, ha he hadn't <laughs> rung in for a while and we were longing for him yeah. to do so, weren't we? <laughs> great. You can see why. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's great. I think it's interesting as well, just chipping my two pence with, in with the idea mm. of, you know, maybe initially, you know, it, it was a COVID-free environment. I mean, again, mm. I happened to be in um, recording at the time when COVID was just taking off and it was a discussion within the um, production office as to whether you know it, it should be mentioned or not but the problem is because we record sort of four or five weeks ahead it would have meant taking extracting scenes rewriting them again uh, mm -hmm. and of course by the time it had gone out things could have moved on things could have changed so it was it was it was a little bit a bit tricky to do you know do because every scene would have had to be changed because things were moving on so quickly as we well remember mm -hmm. with the covid thing that i think it would have become almost impractical and actually you wouldn't have been able you just spend all your time in studio redoing scenes <laughs> rather than making the things yeah. that you were trying to make. Um, yeah. And I think also, I suspect as well, with the monologues and things that we do, everything has to be a little bit general in what's going out. I mean, obviously, it's the, mm. we're talking about COVID, we're alluding to it. But again, because we don't know when the episodes go out, what the situation will be. So it's in yeah. general. It's quite tricky, I think. I absolutely can, can see that. There's totally been the reason why you've got to, um, you know, uh, skirt around it somewhat yeah. though, though christopher's point that you know if it could have been recorded contemporaneously yeah a bit of susan being, would be very you know, funny would have been yeah. brilliant you know <laughs> her in the corner shot all proper pp the upper yes. having them yes. with a bit of plexiglass you know between her and jim for arguments that it would have <laughs> been utterly fantastic, utterly fantastic. Been brilliant um now kerry Warburton, and auntie kerry yes. do we need to admonish the good uh 
parishioners of Dum of the Dumdy Dum Parish because I got a sneaky feeling we've got not one, not two, we've got none at all in terms of emails this week. This is right, yeah. Do you think has your email um, broken, Royfield, well, or no, is it? Just, nobody... do, you, do you remember back in the seventies when your TV was on the fritz? You just hit it round the oh, back, yeah. right? I did hit my laptop round the back, expecting to, some emails just to shake out of it, but none, none happened, you know. So um, I, I really am looking at you. There is somebody sat in their bed, headphones on, partner next to them, gently snoring, listening to this. Yes, you, you, right? <laughs> Why the hell? Haven't you written us an email? It's very easy. You go to dumdydum.com, hit contact us, and you can just like type away on your phone, or even better still, the number at the start of the show that we repeat at the end of the show, you can use that to send us a text. Now, I don't know exactly where you are because it's pretty dark in, in your bedroom right now with your partner <laughs> snoring next to you, but do not let me down. Otherwise, I will. IP trace you and come round and give you the proper verbals next week. If I don't get an email from uh, the the collective parish of Dumdy Dums, so there you go. End of my admonishment. Uh, could you uh, distill that down into maybe one word for me, Sonny? Oh, what? Sorry, I was miles away then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was very honest. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I am on the ball, listeners. I am on the ball, really. <laughs> he, he does have this effect on people. Yes. This is funny, honestly. Have I got to admonish, have I got to admonish somebody? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Encourage people to write in. Yeah, that's write, it. In, write in, email in, anything, anything, <laughs> any, anything for Roy Field. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, funny. I'm a sad person. I'm very old, you see, listeners. So, you know, every now and again, I sort of nod off. I go for my <laughs> Right. I tell you what, I tell you what, in the nicest possible way, you can have 40 winks, but no more than that right now. No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, because right now it's uh, Sandra. It's her first time doing, this, doing the social media roundup. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, this is Sandra Jenkinson with uh, my first social media roundup from a rather grey Waterlooville and I've just had a soggy moggy around my ankles so I imagine it's damp outside. Well, over to the archers. One of the main stories this week centred around Fallon, Emma and the Tea Room um, with Bridge Farm not agreeing to continue with the rent reduction and the prospect of Emma being made redundant. Over in Archer's Appreciation, Leon Devine asked if people thought that Natasha was heartless. Well, there was agreement. I don't think there was anyone supportive of her. And um, Natasha was referred to by names I couldn't possibly repeat here. It was suggested that Natasha would, have, Natasha would have known that Fallon hadn't had time to speak to Emma. Samantha Jackson wondered if Natasha had let the cat out of the bag accidentally on purpose. Uh, there has been suggestion across the groups that she wants the space for herself. We were inside Emma's head quite a bit this week. And I think we all do sympathise with Emma over the uncertainty caused by Natasha's letting the cat out of the bag. However, on Dumpty Dum Witherspoon said that he is tired of being inside Emma's head. Oh dear. Sandra Griggs said that she'd quite enjoyed listening to Emma battling with her in the season. Yeah, I think we all appreciate that. There was agreement that it is short-sighted of Bridge Farm not to continue with the um, temporary rent reduction. On Dumpty Dum, Patricia Sharps wondered if Helen had considered that a rent rise might cause Fallon to go out of business. In that case, there'd be no rent coming in at all. There were other suggestions. In Archer's appreciation, Petrazina Thomas thought that Fallon should look elsewhere, maybe even operating out of the bull as a daytime business. In Archer's hotel, Ben Johnson suggested Brookfield as they had um, installed a snazzy new kitchen ready to cater for weddings. Finally, Emma was... um, talked to by Fallon. Andy Bent on Dumpty Dum felt a bit short-changed that we didn't get to hear the conversation. Yeah, I think some of us might agree with that. People picked up on Fallon hesitating when Nasha congratulated her. 
and the pregnancy um, suggestions uh, came up. In Archer's appreciation, Rita O'Brien MacDonald said, well, not Fallon, but how about Alice is so drunk she forgets her birth control and gets pregnant? Linda Hans thought that um, a pregnancy was a red herring in Archer's appreciation. The other main topic was Linda and Robert, with Linda wanting to reconnect with Robert in a physical way and let their bodies do the talking. <laughs> a lot of people thought that we were getting too much information there and I noticed that I'm not the only one who remembered the phrase magic time. Jeff Holden on Archer's Appreciation was one person who referred to it. Trisha Tiatima was happy to air the fact that ladies in their 70s still do have sexual congress. And one other thought from Martin Langley in Archer's Appreciation. He said, Robert, at times like this, I always ask myself, what would Nelson Gabriel have done? And I'm sure we all often do that. Over in Archer's Hotel, Catherine Meadows suggested that Coco Vin may be the new chili. And in Dumpty Dum, Caroline Peach said, Oh my God, how I love Linda and Robert as a couple. They are just perfect for each other. And yes, I agree with that. Well, that's the roundup for this week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Sandra, Sandra, thank you for that. Waterlooville, it sounds utterly charming. Now, Auntie Kerry Warburton. Yes. Right. These <laughs> tweets of the week, right? Oh, God. <laughs> you sound yes. like you're going to the dentist. You're spreading, you're spreading well, fun and mirth around. Yes, I, I, I'd like to hope so. <laughs> right. <laughs> So with fun and mirth on our minds, hit us with the tweets of the week. So this one is from Julia Lee, who is at Julia Lee author on the Twitters. Mm -hmm. She says, Natasha's basically an Avon lady crossed with that lorry that used to deliver fizzy pop in my youth. <laughs> Web <laughs> webinar that. <laughs> well, that, that's made both of us laugh. All three of us. Even. Yeah, absolutely. This one is from Rich Cuts, who is at Cuts Rich on the Twitters. He says, enjoy the rest of your day, folks. I'm off to check if I have a surprise orchard round the back of my house. <laughs> well done. Two for two, Warburton. Well done. Oh, um, oh this is from Ninzi, who's at Ninzi. She says, Nasha doesn't have any understanding of human relationships. She makes Brian look hypersensitive. <laughs> Oh I love Brian. I'll have nothing, <laughs> no bad words said about him. Um, <laughs> this is uh, from Pajama Llama, who is at Shaz Llama. Uh, they say, thanks for a great Archer's Omnibus tweet along. See you later. I'm off to direct a Veggie Vision film oh. called Spud Fellas, oh. starring Ray Leak <laughs> <laughs> Otter Ray. and Joe Peasky. <laughs> Wow. Peas, leeks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a bit of a stretch. It, it was a little bit of a stretch in the end. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. this last one is a bit saucy, um, <laughs> and it's in terms. Of, Linda was trying to entice Robert, wasn't it's, she, it's, into it's, the it's bedroom? Tweet of the week. Yes, right, this is so tweet, of the week. tweet of the week. Music swelling in the background. Go. Yeah, this is from Matthew, who's at Mister Weir, and he says, 
Dress up as a cre- great crested grebe, Linda. That should give him a corduroy teepee. <laughs> Ooh, that's great. Well, well done this week. There were some proper laughs from all concerned. Yes. Well yeah. done. And well done to everybody that uh, wrote those uh, wonderful tweets. Um, we're just about to wind things up. Uh, but before we absolutely do, I say this. Go to dumdydum.com go there and see the wonderful things that you can do uh in the whole world of dum de dum you can like watch sunny do do the friday zoom that she did uh, a few weeks ago we we did have a lot of fun didn't we we did and you admired my top (laughs) (laughs) myself and my mother we both admired your frock now, look, I, where is your mum? I'd hope she might make an appearance t- today or say hello. I, I, it was wonderful when I was watching her and she'd bring, bring in a cup of tea to you. And all yes, sorts of... yeah, yeah. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she's a little bit of a, a renegade is my mum. Like, exactly. Whenever I'm at home and I say, right, very clearly I have to say I'm recording because otherwise she's on YouTube. My brother's doing whatever he's doing on Netflix and it chews up the bandwidth. So the whole house knows when I'm doing stuff. But she also knows that she has a little bit of a following with, with dum-de-dum and dum-de-dumers and stuff. So she she burst in on the pretext of bringing me my dinner. And I told her, keep out. But, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it, what was lovely, uh, because she does deliberately walk in and give me cups of tea when we, when we record, when I'm, when I'm home in Birmingham, that yeah. uh, when we did a couple of the live shows in, in Brum, she has come along and, uh, oh, and had a round of applause and stuff. And so people are like, oh, my mum's in. Oh, right, Bill's mum. So yes, she hogs quite the right. limelight, does my mother. And yeah. quite right too. Well, I'm a fan as, as well. So, you know, that's marvellous. I hope to get to meet her one day. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> at least not, we're going we're gonna to sort that out. Uh, so domdom.com. Uh, you can see all the actors in the Friday Zooms. You can go back into the archive, into the treasure troves, and you can see or oh, listen to all of the old episodes. You can see Mike Hatton's and his character count uh, roundups, and they are a thing to behold. And good old Cosmo, and he does these podcast roundups. And sometimes he actually talks about the podcast. You know, if ever a man goes off piste, it's Cosmo, but he does it with such style. Now, one way you can support our shows by going to patreon.com and giving us $2 per episode. And uh, that way, it means that we can um, we can sort out Auntie Kerry Warburton's rider. As you know, she's got Ian Botham <laughs> in the corner, oiling her down just before she goes on mic, just making sure that she's all supple and limber. And uh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Come on, come on! <laughs> what sort of show is this? <laughs> Anything to keep my co-host happy, Sonny. <laughs> You know, and then also it means that uh, Sonny can be driven round here in a gold-plated limo uh, and just make sure you know. And uh, we just want you just want our co-host to be happy and comfortable and confident on mic. So two dollars per episode. Actually, what it really does, it pays for hosting and speak pipe and for when things go up the fritz. It means that uh, our man. And actually fix it uh so two dollars per show that's patreon however we know that times are hard you're in the middle of a pandemic maybe you've been furloughed from work worrying if you've even got a job to go to so if you haven't got two dollars per show do not worry but you can support us by going on to apple itunes or a podcatcher of your choice and writing us a little review and say oh that's sunny she's wonderful you know really got some insight from her oh and auntie Kerry warburton she's great too <laughs> and just say that you just you know after, through gritted teeth, 
you know, just like get through my my little roikul bits. That's fine. So it's five <laughs> stars. Uh, that would be awesome. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or call o two o three o three one three one o five to leave a message, or send a text message starting with dumb to o double seven eight six two double o six nine o. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. It's the place where in, I was going to say, how many characters are there you're allowed to have in Twitter now? They doubled it about two years ago. Is it 280, I think. It's yeah. Something like that. Where yeah. um, I still managed to balls up anything that I managed to say uh, because um, I can't write for Toffee. However, if you want to see really well-formed tweets, Kerry, Orbis, yeah. where can people yes. follow you on Twitter? Good heavens. Um, at Kerry Warbis, K-E-R-I-W-A-R-B-I-S. Now, I know also that um, if you want to uh, see what's happening in the world of dum dum you can follow at Dum-de-dum on, on, on the Twitters. Also, you can follow at Yokelbear, uh, ex of this parish. He's rather funny and, and very, very honest on the Twitters. Um, also, there's Pete Ficklin, me old mucker, me old pal, me old beauty. Uh, that's an old archer's... Uh, kind of phrase there uh, <laughs> a man who i met in a pub in oakland california uh, thought to myself hmm i kind of quite like him and here we are three years later doing a podcast about the archers you can follow him where he's quite simply at pete fickling now sonny yes yes i so wanted to uh, you are there aren't you i am certainly am here okay smashing <laughs> if somebody <laughs> wanted to follow you on twitter <laughs> how do they find you this is so sad. I mean, I do have a Twitter account. I don't use it terribly often, but I think it's just sunny.ormond or something like that. I mean, if you, fi- you you'll find me on there, just stick Sunny Ormond in and I'll, I'll, I'll pop up. But I'm not very technical. <laughs> I'm not just not very technical. So, you know, in fact, when we went into lockdown and I had to, um, you know, record from home, it was a complete nightmare. Thank goodness my son was here because I would have had a nervous breakdown trying to download all this software. <laughs> so this is a long-winded answer. I don't know. Just look for Sunny Ormond. This it, is exactly... I'm not very good for my own publicity, really, am I? But, you know, there you go. Well, but you have a wonder, wonderfully unique name, so that's excellent. They'll find me. They'll find me. Well, yes. yeah, that's exactly what you are. You're at Sonny Ormond. So you, you were correct. Was I? You, you oh, doubted, you doubted. You. There is no dot. There is no dot. It's not just a go. I set it up, you know, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very sad lady, folks out there, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm old now. It's hard. Hard work living. <laughs> I'll tell you what isn't hard work. Joining the Dum Dee Dum group on Facebook. Now, everybody knows my feelings about Facebook. It is uh, the thing which is driving us off of a cliff in terms of the commons, in terms of civil discourse, because there's Russians on there doing nefarious things uh, in all of our democracies. However, there are little nice bits of Facebook. And one of the nice bits of Facebook is the dum de dum group. So go on to Facebook if you like a bit of Facebook. And if you like a bit of Facebook, you're probably on Facebook. So whilst you're on Facebook, type in dum de dum and you'll find us on Facebook. Uh, there is the Flick app. Quite simply, get your smartphone out. Uh, you go to your store where all the apps are, you click that, type in flick, and then download that, type in dum dum bish, bosh, bang, and uh, you join the gang that way. Now, just before I completely forget, and I say goodbye to Sonny and to Auntie Kerry Warburton, on Facebook is one way you can show your love for dum dum Because a lot of people actually do do this. Quite simply, after your name, uh, scroll along to the flags bit on your phone and find the international symbol for, for, for uh, bunting. It's also known as the flag of Nepal. 
go and put that next to your name. And then we know that you're a dumdy dumber. Good <laughs> things eventually will happen. I don't know what they are, but when I've thought about them, <laughs> I will bestow good things upon you all. So quite simply, get your phone out if you're on the Twitters and just like find the international symbol for bunting, the flag of Nepal. Put that next to your name. <laughs> And then... Sounds like flag of nipple. I'm having to say to you. So you look for the flag of nipple. Marvelous. <laughs> you I know what? It. I always keep this show upstanding, erudite, and away from smut, filth, and innuendo. So thank you. You shouldn't have been right at the end of the show. <laughs> now, just before um, I say Tarara a bit, um, is there anything you'd like to say to the mass ranks of Dumdy Dummers on planet Earth who are listening to you right now? Sonny, this is your well, moment. This is my moment. I would just like to say thank you to all the listeners out there, really, um, you know, for bearing with us over the last few months. And I know it's not been for some, you know, the best listen, but but bless your hearts for continuing to listen. And we really do appreciate you out there for just being part of our world, because without you, we wouldn't we wouldn't be the archers. So I'm just sending lots of love out to everyone and just keep safe, everyone. Just keep safe. Lovely words. Now, before we go on to B Corner, we're going to round off the episode with B Corner. Auntie Kerry Warburton, would you like to say anything to to the listeners? I, w- I would like to be very self-indulgent Ooh, at this point. Okay. And I, I, I'm, beg- I'm begging Sonny to say, Kerry, darling. Right. Here we go, darling. Kerry, darling. Fabulous. Thank you so much. All right, darling. Anytime. Oh, good. (laughs) All right, folks. Now, if you've waited all the way through, if you've waded all the way through this episode, you've come to the end, but not quite. (laughs) There's another bit to come. It's B Corner, and this is this is wonderful. Hello lovely people, it's Siri here, uh, Queen or Tart on the Twitters. Uh, Royfield keeps asking about bees, so I thought it was time to give him a few facts about them. Uh, I could talk about bees for days, literally days. I've been keeping them for about five years, uh, and I'm still learning from them because bees don't need the same books as beekeepers do. Uh, but anyway, let's have a few things for him to think about. There are about 20,000 species of bees all over the world. In the UK, we've got 22 species of British bumblebees. Uh, they're called all sorts of bunny names, red-tailed, bilberry, buff-tailed. Uh, some of them are solitary. Some of them live together in called social groups, uh, much like us, really. There's a British Bumblebee Conservation Trust uh, who you can find out all sorts of information on their website. Now, I'm going to talk about honeybees next, which is the ones that we keep in order to get honey. The queen bee lives for about three to five years, somewhere around there, and everything she does is directed by the workers. So she's not a queen like we might think of her as a queen. She basically exists to lay eggs, about 20,000 eggs a day in the summer. Uh, The workers are all female, and they do lots of different jobs. There's nursemaids and cemetery bees and all sorts of things. I can talk about them another time. The drones are all male, and they basically sit around the hive with their feet up, uh, doing nothing, being fed honeybee by the workers. Uh, their only job is to go out for a bit of magic time, as Lindy would say, uh, with a different version queen from a different hive. And if they succeed, then their genitals get ripped off. And at the end of the summer, they, whoever's left all gets kicked out of the hive by the workers and they all die. 
Her bee, a normal bee, a worker bee, might last about six weeks in the summer. The flying bees go out and they collect up nectar and each individual bee collects about a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey worth of nectar in their whole lifetime. So remember to scrape out the jar thoroughly when you've finished it. I've got loads more to tell you, but we can do that in another call later on. Bye all! That's been us. That's been another dumpty dum. And I think you've been right, boyly entertained. So I'm going to say ta a bit from me. What, what about you, uh, Sonny? How do you sign off? I think ta a bit's great, actually. Um, yeah. Actually, in Welsh, you'd say nista, good night. So nista, there you go. Right, Kerry. Try and follow that. <laughs> in Latvian, you would say alabunakti. There you go. <laughs> that was a stunned silence. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha